Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 37. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepkin. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the Rebel Guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. In this episode, Eric discusses social conditioning and how it affects our consciousness. Discover how you can break free from these constraints and why it is so crucial to begin doing so immediately. Face your fears, find your voice, and create a greater impact on your life than ever imagined. Enjoy. When, I, when I'm talking about political correctness, I think it's the belief that one must act a certain way, not necessarily like politics in, in general, but you know, if, if somebody were to be, I guess, rambunctious so or rude in like a general kind of setting where there's a lot of people or it's just outside of kind of what's expected in, in that mm-hmm. type of environment, usually, let's say, going to a restaurant or, you know, if the food is not done to, to the right setting, it's, you know, most people will be like, ah, it, you know, it's not what I wanted, mm-hmm. but I'll keep quiet. I'll eat it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when, that ain't happening with me. Right. So, which I, I kind of, I think, uh, in, in the episode that kind of, uh, that Jesse did, he, he asked, you know, like maybe what, what do people know, don't know about you? And I think what, <laughs> what I like about this is that if people were to go, you know, go in, into general settings with you, restaurants being one of them is that you're very clear at communicating and it's never rude, you know, rude. It's like, it, it can be this. rude. It could be well, rude, but I try not to be rude. Fact, after the right. fact of them yeah. kind of not, maybe not following directions properly. But yeah. I think again, kind of like a, a spiritual person or there's a belief of like, Oh, I shouldn't say anything. Or I guess the way that it, it, it kind of gives people who, um, it, I guess it depends on the setting, but like, a just uh, a jerk or somebody who just doesn't necessarily care to put forth the effort. It gives them the right to kind of continue because when you speak up, there's belief that, well, you're being rude because of speaking up to that person. So there it's, it's like a conundrum in a, in a sense of, I think it's just, I think it's social conditioning Mm -hmm. and it's always done by those who are more willful. And Mm -hmm. the, Mm -hmm. this is where we are afraid to say anything. But I mean, the perfect example is, yeah, if I go to a restaurant, okay, 
and I ask for something well done, okay, and they tell me you're going to get it well done, and I get it, and it's still bleeding, and it's still where that may be appetizing to somebody else, okay, yeah, but re- reverse it to the other one. The grand majority of people want it medium rare, so you tell them I want it medium rare, and you get it, and that sucker is cooked through and through. It's super well done. Mm-hmm. Do you just eat it? Do you do you not say anything? You say, look, this is this is completely well done. It's not even what I asked for. Or, or, I. I'm going to say something at mm-hmm. 800% markup. Okay. Mm-hmm. 800% is food. Every restaurant you got is an 800% mm-hmm. markup. Okay. So at, if you consider that you're going out, I could cook a steak anytime I want. I can go out and buy a steak anytime I want. I'm paying you 800% not to just give me the food and walk out and drop it in front of me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or to give me the option to choose what I want. That's part of it. But it's also to take the time and consideration to prepare it per how I prefer it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the deal. That's the agreement we're making when I sit down and I order and you ask me, how would you like it done? Now, the waiter or waitress always wants to play the the, the middleman of, well, I don't have control over what the cook does. Yes, you do. You're the first person to look at that. You're the first person to hand over the order. You're the first person to communicate it. And you're the only person who really knows if that is the only person or if I'm the only person who's complained. If you don't say something, what do you do? So I hold accountable the waiter or waitress. Okay. I'm, unless I'm going to walk in the kitchen and have an argument with the cook. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And cooks think they're always right. Okay. They don't want to hear it. So if, if you continuously get bad food at a restaurant because no one says anything, then you, you get what you deserve in life. If you never speak or defend the values of what you have politically, then you get what you deserve. If you, if you don't tell your parents to stop buying you the ugliest sweaters every year and that's all the sweaters you have, don't complain. Okay, You have nothing to say. You've, you've given up your rights. So this is the ongoing comment I always say, you know, is that in Europe, that shit don't fly when you go to a restaurant. That don't fly. Here in America, they want to cook you your meal, get you in, get you out, give me your money and see you later. Europe, you sit down, you you got maybe a two-hour meal because you're talking with family. They're slowly bringing stuff out. They'll, they'll bring it out. You're being fed, okay? Mm-hmm. But it'll be prepared exactly the way that you had asked, okay? Mm-hmm. Here, they just want you in and out. This is why I think everybody in America eats medium rare because it's it's faster to put on the grill and give it to the people and get them out the freaking door. So we've been trained to like it. Mm-hmm. So the point is, is that I am a bit of a rebel and a nuisance mm-hmm. to to certain places because I expect to have things in a certain way. And when I speak up, they're almost like, uh, 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 okay. Or or they're like, well, don't, you know, why are you upset at me? I'm just the waitress. I'm upset at you because you were the representative to this whole company. Mm-hmm. So who, who, unless you're going to bring the cook out or, or bring me the manager or bring me the, the, if the manager's upset how I'm talking, well, what do you want me to say? There's a problem yeah. here. It's not in my head. It's obvious. Take a close look. Right. And, and it's interesting to, to witness, yeah. that, you know, that um, type of scenario. And I know we're using this mainly as an, just an example into something that's a, a bit broader or more, I guess, in, in depth, but it's, when you say social conditioning, it. I know even for, for myself that it, when you, you've mentioned to me at one point, you know, kindness is f- for suckers and it's not to be rude or mean or, you know, disrespectful. Look, I'll, I'll give you another example with food. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The food over America in, in general 
is shit quality. Mm -hmm. And people from Europe come over here and it's the first thing they'll say. And we think, mmm, that's good, okay? Mm -hmm. If you go over to France and you go go to KFC, mm -hmm. it's way better quality. Way better quality. When you look at it, it's it's like you notice it right away. Okay. When you get different food there, the burgers are better quality. Why? Because the people in society in France will throw the food at the front of the desk and say, we're not eating this shit. It's for Americans. Give it to their big fat asses. That's how I got a fat ass. I eat the food here. <laughs> but but do you understand? Yeah. It's This is society training. We've been trained mm -hmm. to just shut up and put up. Yeah. And you get what you get. And then eventually you eat it enough. You, that's all you, you assume there is. And, and it seems, looking at it from a, a macro perspective, is that it seems like a very stagnant state of consciousness, that it doesn't allow for things to change much um, as far as... Change is always happening. It just doesn't mean it's in a good progression. Yeah, right. right. So with that being said, it's kind of, I guess the question would be, is this kind of like an uh, evolution or an aspect of the, the dough, this kind of social conditioning to kind of... I see it playing out in all, all certain ways. I think a lot of... If you look at it in a way like how is this affecting us, okay? It's affecting us right now. We, In my opinion, we should be able to live medically well past 100. The reason that we, we can't... A perfect example is is that in Bush era when we wanted to, to use the... Um, the technology for uh, what you call it, they stem, came, cell? stem cell research, yeah. they, they nullified it. They, they squashed it because of their beliefs, okay, of it being, you know, oh, we don't want it to get it from a baby. We didn't need to get it from a baby. We could have got it from, from other stuff than the fetus, okay, if we were allowed to progress in certain ways, okay. The point is, is that that allowed other countries to move up ahead of us. But this is the thing where I'm saying the reason why we don't live longer is because research money is given through various funding that's controlled by various groups of thinkers in their own personal beliefs okay so so they they don't get the research money they don't do the research because they know it's either going to be offending or it'll be some kind of issue with them and so oftentimes they're not even given funding because of that okay other times it's just like you know it's it's like it's in politics fossil fuel versus electrical versus cleaner systems okay because people who tend to be more organic or more, I'll, I'll call it democratic, if you will, we, they tend to be less vocal. Where Republicans, I find, tend to be very organized, very, very stern and stuff. It's business, it's machine-like, in my opinion, yada, 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 yada. And they, they get behind the, the voting power. It's because we choose non-conflict. And this is why we find that we are okay. where we are. Right. Okay, and so I rather have, uh, you know, it's only when we're, we're, we're so fed up that we have a rebellion. Well, if you look at the politics of, of the, the last decade or two, okay, you'll see that when we finally get somebody after our rebellion because we're so unhappy, we're all content that when the next round comes, we're sleeping on the job and then it gets another idiot in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is we've got to train ourselves to consistently assert ourselves whether we want to be or not but we got to assert and we got to be able to face a little bit of the storm mm -hmm. because they're definitely more more vocal or more aggressive than we are and we just have to say we're going to suck it up we're going to keep pushing because i assure you there's more of us than there are them mm -hmm. it's just that we have to choose to make it known so how i guess 
how did you start being comfortable with being assertive? Is that something that came natural to you or something that kind of developed? Over well, I'd be lying time? if I probably said I wasn't always assertive. Let me think. I mean, I used to bitch and cry as a kid, you know, when I, when something didn't go the right way, I always had a strong opinion when nobody would listen to me, I'd stomp around on my heels. Okay. So I think I've always had a strong opinion. I never liked being told, you know, Oh, just zip it or whatever. You know, I was always naturally curious. So I think by nature, I, I had a very, you know what it is? I, I, I want to fight for what's right. Mm -hmm. And, and I like to defend the underdog. I like to, to what's just and what's right, what's fear, what is correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. To the best of my judgment, of course. And so, you know, that's where, where I'm, you know, I'm like the mouse with the fist in the air at the big Eagle coming down for me. You know, I don't bring it, you know, bring it. I don't care. So, if it's small or big, it, it doesn't seem to matter to me as long as it's, it's like, you know, these, this is an oppression. Mm -hmm. It's a small oppression or it's a big oppression. If you give me shit to eat, but you're going to take my money, that's an oppression. You're taking advantage mm -hmm. of me. You're taking advantage of my friends. You're taking advantage of my family. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you set on the sign food the way we choose to give it to you at 1099 or 2099 and I go in fine, I got to shut up. Right. But that's not what you promised me. Right, right. So we had an agreement. If if in politics you're going to say this, this, and this, I'm going to say bullshit. No, if you're going to tell me this is this, you better deliver, and I'll get behind you. Right. Okay. So it's to me, it's it's I have this sense of fighting for what's right, for what's what is fair, yeah. you know, and that is I channel that energy into to either being vocal. That's the first line, you know, mm -hmm. that you got you got to vocalize. You just, the, 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 I think the biggest thing that I I learned is there's, there's shouting at people and there's talking to people. Mm -hmm. There is being coarse with your words and looking like you're being calm, but it still comes off sharp or explaining in a way that's nice. I, I do believe in, only in, in the last few years that you, get, you, get, you can get more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's the same thing. If, if you find a nice way of saying something, people tend to agree more and want to do more to help fix it. But when you slap them on the hand verbally, when they know they're wrong, they're yeah. still resentful. And, sure. and they're just like, well, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. No, lady. I mean, I drove here for an hour and a half. I'm starving. I want to eat now. I don't want to get up and go somewhere else. Now you're inconveniencing me even more because right. I told you you gave me crap for food. Right. And you agree it's crap food, but it's not your problem. There's nothing you can do about it. The frick you can't. Right, right. So I guess another question would be, how did you become comfortable with, I guess, confrontation or just verbalizing? You know what I mean? Because you're saying we're not. Look, I have different students that, that are around me more. And, yeah. you know, I'll say, you know, usually if they're, they're younger, between 20 and 30, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're usually less vocal. They're usually more quieter. They're more subdued personalities. And that, that's something I'm just not. And mm -hmm. often from being around me, I think you guys tend to pick up a lot of mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know if I'll call them good habits, but you'll, mm -hmm. you'll pick up a lot of my personality. <laughs> yeah. But at the same token, you know, there's some that I encourage to go into car sales if they're young yeah. or sales of different type or telemarketing as cheesy as that sounds, because I know that as you deal consistently with people communicating with them, that you overcome that fear, that mm -hmm. fear of communicating. And I've done sales my whole life. Can't you tell? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I've learned to communicate and I've learned to talk to people and I've learned to vocalize myself and I've learned how to, to pace my words, you mm -hmm. know? And so 
that is something that you can teach someone via habit. Now, what people probably don't know about me is that I really couldn't read very well up until I think I was in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And it was through a, a teacher who, who was a, you know, a person who helped people who can, you know, whatever. And I would go to this broom closet, which is a pretty big janitory thing. And she would teach me every day for a certain amount of time. And then I used to have this kid, his name was Chris, he used to be like a bully. And uh, uh, there was three reading groups. And in the first reading group uh, was for the people who had a hard time. The second mm-hmm. circle was for intermediate. And then there was a third of which this kid, Chris, was like the big reader on there. And I remember the lady coming and, and picking me up and having me read and bringing me back. And I was like, oh, don't we got more of a class to do, you know? And she's like, no, no, come with me. And we were at the door and she says to, to my teacher, you know, that, oh, you know, Eric's ready to put him in the group. So she says, okay, we'll put him in. She's like, no, 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 not that, not the beginner group. She's, oh, intermediary. So she goes, she, no, 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 advance. And, the t- you know, my teacher looked like, are you, are you serious? You yeah. know, and brought me over. I was like, whoa, what the hell is going on? Okay. Right. Sat me down, of course, right after Chris. Okay. So mm-hmm. the book is going around and people are reading it and I'm listening. <laughs> right. And he gets to Chris and he's stumbling and having a little bit of a hard time with certain words. And he hands it to me all smug, like what, you know, really? And I read it like it was nothing, mm-hmm. just like a hot knife through, through soft butter. Okay. And I was like more in awe of me. Okay. Yeah. Now, where I'm going with all that story, I don't know, other than to say that reading out loud, Mm -hmm. I think, helped me to to vocalize and to talk more. And Mm -hmm. my grammar is still probably terrible, as people point out, you know, but I can talk and I can read and I'm a good reader and I like to read. I have a ferocious appetite to read at times. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I think that that I probably was not as vocal until I repetitiously had to read out loud Mm -hmm. during that special classes and stuff. And I think that if people in their own private time want to learn to, to talk, you've got to use the muscles in your mouth, your muscles in your tongue, the, 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 your lungs, the vocalization. So you just don't read something like a a monotone. You read it like you're, you're a storyteller. And this gives you articulation and the ability to communicate. And before you know it, when you're talking to other people, it comes out. Gotcha. And so I would say that it's something that can be learned. Now to mm-hmm. confront people, well, it's a whole nother matter. You've 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 got to to you know really want to to say what you have to say. I find that most people that are dominant will will not let you talk. Mm-hmm. Like me. I don't let anybody talk. <laughs> I do all the talking. As I say to my mother, mom, shut up, you know. She's like, I like to talk as much as you like to talk. I'm like, well, people pay to hear what I got to say. Then nobody wants to hear what you got to say. And of course, she's like, ah, whatever. Um, But the point is, is I I do think that's a truth. So in a way, you got to learn to fight, okay, for for your your ability to communicate. So I think that one, that's that's how you begin. Whether it's at the kitchen table, whether it's, but I I think it's very complex. You know, look, if you look at people, and I don't always want to bring it to HBI, but people sometimes think that HBI is just spiritual. I can't even tell you how many people become super successful or become more successful in life financially, mm-hmm. in their marriage, in their life, in their dating life, in their personal life. It's across the board. Mm-hmm. The knowledge just isn't spiritual. Okay. It just absorbs in you. And I can't tell you, this is one of the things is what a lot of people don't know. We probably don't want to say is, okay, is that there's a lot of wives that I'll call it or in relationships with their boyfriends who I think were suppressed a bit. And what happens is, is they either end up divorced because 
the female finds their voice. And I find that they, they often will say, well, my husband had opinions and everything and would basically point out how stupid I was or how I didn't know things. And I started correcting him and I started to have a voice. And I started to know something. And I just kept listening to your material mm-hmm. and I just got, you know, more knowledgeable and more capable and stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was making him shut up, not because I told him to shut up because he couldn't, he couldn't outwit me. I became smarter, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and you, you get that a lot. I'm sure yeah. in the calls. And so the same thing goes with, you know, cause guys can be a bit dominant, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, well, good for you, you know, and yeah, and they, they take more charge of their life. And I do that with, with meeker people, people who don't have a voice and some people already have a good voice. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is, is it's very well-rounded. But to say that there's one specific way, I think it's, it's learning to, to read out loud, articulate. I think it's also the absorption of knowledge that you get and who you are around that you're, you're saying, this is my model. Now I hate to say I'm a, you, anybody's model. Don't, don't model me with eating habits, but maybe model me, <laughs> vo, vo, you know, vocabulary. Well, not even that way, but uh, vocally. But th- I think it comes from those elements. Why people tend to do so much better in so many different ways, I think it's because they're, they're modeling at least my better qualities, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully not, not my worst qualities, but they're absorbing that into their own personalities. I often say, and I certainly believe that usually when women are in a relationship, not that I want to pick on women, but the woman after a year or two starts to become like the male counterpart. They almost look like them a little bit. They start to to move their body the same way, talk in similar ways, although it's a different octave. But they they tend to take on or saturate, not because they want it. This, this is just what happens. And I think this happens in families. Mm-hmm. I think this happens in, in other relationships and stuff. So when I think that people study my material so long that they are absorbing a bit of my personality and they, they kind of get that vocal strength and that personality and different stuff that maybe they're absorbing. And maybe that's what gives them such a stronger disposition or, or something, mm-hmm. whether it be in business or in life or whatever. Yeah. So how do you think, um, I guess being timid vocally, mm-hmm. um, affects one's spirituality in a sense of like being vocal in their own mind towards thoughts that are, I guess, uh, well, I, I think it's I think it's 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 not good. It's a yeah. negative. Mm-hmm. But anybody can tell you that you know Timon may be okay. You mm-hmm. know, in the sense of being a a passive kind person who doesn't mm-hmm. want conflict. But you know, any Shaolin monk can tell you you know as passive and as peaceful as you may be, there will be times of conflict and you need to mm-hmm. prepare yourself for that time and decide and choose your battles. But mm-hmm. you need to, to, to not cower from that or you, the repercussions may be even your life. Mm-hmm. So I say even spiritually, you've got to find your inner voice. You have to find your inner voice with family who wants to suppress your happiness. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, if you want to do HBI, if they want to pick it all apart and do whatever negatives, it's it's fine, you know. But you have to find your own voice and your own strength. And that's something you need to do. If you constantly are cowering, you're not necessarily nurturing your strengths. But don't jump into something. Mm-hmm. Educate yourself, inform yourself, and, and it will come in time. So um, I guess even maybe using family as an example, because it is kind of common where, you know, people, white cells, like they don't relate or the family can't relate to the, uh, the Almost interest. nine times so, out of 10. Yeah. Um, um, what would be like a, a small vocal thing that they could do to kind of help build to a level that allows them to kind of separate and, and kind of develop themselves rather than kind of like. A, I think the first thing you need to do is to, is to assert that you are, you're your own person. Uh-huh. 
okay? And that you don't have to make it an argument of your personal beliefs. You have to say, I don't like the same clothes that you choose. I don't like the same TV programs you do. I don't have to like the same vehicles you do. I don't have to like the same food you like, okay? is This is an assertment of, of who you are, and if they want to say, well, this is better, that's better, you choose then that, that front to have that argument, okay? Mm-hmm. If you choose to read something and they say they want you to read this, you say, well, I've looked through it. It's not of interest to me. This is what interests me. Well, how can that interest you? That doesn't concern you, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm my own person. Once you start to build up in those areas and they start to respect you because it's more of a mutual acceptable ground that they can't judge you on too much. Mm-hmm. Over time, then, when it comes to your personal religious beliefs, it's not about picking theirs apart. It's about really defending yours. The, the big problem, mm-hmm. the big problem that everybody gets into that's a white cell that's at least studying HBI stuff is that there's some part of you that is screaming to share what you've learned. Because to you, it's like, my God, I've been looking for this my whole life. Hallelujah. Okay. And you want to run around and you want to share that excitement Mm -hmm. with everybody else. But this is like falling in love. If you're, if you, not everybody can maybe relate to this, but a lot of times when you're young and you fall in love, you feel like everybody needs to understand what you're feeling. The, the sky is blue for you. The, the, the water's clear for you. The birds are singing for you. Every love song is a, a love song that was written that you relate to, you know? Right. And this is what happens. You, you finally found this love that you've been searching for your whole life. And you want to share it with everybody, but not everybody's ready to share it. Not everybody's mm-hmm. interested. Not everybody wants it. And not everybody's attracted to, to the same kind of people you may be attracted to. So... This is where you create your own problem. Mm-hmm. Instead of delegating it like a book, I don't care for that book. I like this book. This is about something I'm interested in. I like the storyline. That's it. There's nothing to discuss. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're like, you should be reading this book. Listen to what it's saying. Listen to that. You should do what it's telling you to do. Well, you're doing to them what they've, they've right. been doing to you. Right. So we, we, we grab the bull by the horns when you want them to see what you see. You, you, the, the hardest part about being a white cell is often is the loneliness of that awakening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rare. We're special. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is why I, I say to people, you know, get involved in the community that a lot of people don't know we have online, mm-hmm. you know, do, go to events, you know, whether you want to or not, make yourself do it. You, mm-hmm. you will be glad you did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause that breaks all the ice. And now all of a sudden you got a network of friends that you totally relate to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are things that you have to do to feed your own soul. Right. And you're not going to find it out in the world very easily. And if you do, it's usually people who have their own agenda that want to get you into theirs. And they're saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> now come look at this or come look at that. Right. So that's the bottom line. There, there's not a simple answer other than the fact is I wouldn't say avoid it. Find other ways to, to prepare them for what you feel. And as excited yeah. as you are, you know, measure how they're going to react to it. Yeah. They don't have the education that you do. They can only right. go on the internet and read what other people who hate posted because people mm-hmm. who are happy aren't posting, you know, oh, I'm so happy. They're usually doing it on the backboards and yeah. stuff. Okay. So it's just like any religion or anything. You, you will see that the, 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 the opinions on the internet are, are vastly 90% negative, no matter what subject it is, whether it's building stuff or politics or whatever, it's the haters tend to dominate. Okay. Okay. So, so as soon as you can wrap your mind around that, if you want to find something that may be the majority, you're going to have to find where the majority is, is has free thought. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think a lot of people will find what you have recommended very beneficial. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in just talking to people, I know that that's something that comes up and it was, I mean, even in my all, own all, personal life. In your own personal life and everything. Yeah. I was very lucky in my own life. I never had that. I had a, I was raised predominantly by my mother mm-hmm. and my mother was non-religious, but always felt that there was a God and stuff. And of course, raising me and some of the stuff she experienced, she couldn't explain. Mm-hmm. But she also was very logical, very kind of in her own way, scientific, yada, yada. But she raised me 90%. Mm-hmm. And I was always told you're free to, to go where you want, explore the world, live where you want to live. A lot of families tend to cling. And they, they, they really want their children to be part of their life, their social life. Mm-hmm. And they, they, in a sense prepare you or take offense to anything that may take you away in that interests you that may lead to places that's not really under their roost. I think in a lot of ways it's, it's selfish. Okay. But in a, in a lot of ways, I also see the truth of it. It's like, you know, you know, one can think how lonely you get and then, you know, how you may wish you had more friends or more of a social life. So if you had children, your children were close, they'll have children. They bring other people into their lives, which become part of your life. It's a social network. Mm. But for a white cell, we crave above all else a connection and unity with our spirituality and people of like-mindedness. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a lot of family that become fearful that you may leave them to go pursue this. And they feel that somehow you're disconnected with them. In no means is that true. I mean, everybody in H, literally everybody in HBI literally has a relationship with their family. I encourage this, okay? And so at the end of the day, they of course create this this hysteria in your mind and it becomes very dramatic as you Mm -hmm. know, and yada, yada. But but usually in my opinion, that comes from one. So I never had to deal with that. My mother was like, oh, you want to go to Arizona? You want to go to California? You want to go, go see that. Can I come visit when you're out there? You know, I'll do all the hard work and you can just come visit, you know? (laughs) So I was very lucky in that way. Okay. Um, Not everybody has that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of families won't tell you that that's really their fear. It's not necessarily what you're studying. It's the fear of the fact that it may change you Mm. or you may outgrow them because you're already challenging their beliefs. Right. Right. So, I, I mean... I think, I guess using my... And friends do the same thing, not just family. Yeah. Um, and using my, my own experience, I, I think it was maybe two to two and a half years before I even reached out to, to higher balance yep. in, in general. And granted, I wish I had done it obviously immediately, but um, in, in kind of looking at the, the thoughts of others and what they hold on us, and we're talking about like just being vocal and kind of mm. becoming your own person... It almost seemed like I, I didn't know how to begin that process. You youth. Know? That's no fault of yours. Sure. That's youth. And I, and I, We've all been there. And I would think that there might be people out there in kind of the same position. They're, they're not used to kind of acting upon or, you know, vocalizing Look, their own. You need a plan. network. That's yeah. why you need to reach out to me. Mm-hmm. You need to reach out to HBI. You mm-hmm. need to get involved with the board if we think somebody's bad on that board we're going to get rid of them you can always ask us if somebody is who they really claim to be Mm -hmm. and we can say we can tell you only what we know but nine times out of ten it's it's proof positive you this is where you begin once you have friends or a network to support you you can wean off of the network you have and Mm -hmm. you can pursue what you want to do look there there's an old 
guru statement that you can never really truly find yourself until you essentially leave yourself. Mm -hmm. What that means is the proverbial fear of most organized religion. This is why they say, oh, it's a cult, it's a cult, it's a cult. Because the family members leave and and let's say the children, whoever's involved with some new kind of thing, and they're like, you know, oh, they're gonna brainwash, you're gonna do What they never talk about is that the vast majority of these people still connect a a family relationship. It's just that they mature to the point to have their own opinion, Mm -hmm. okay? Once the family realizes they're still, just like you, okay, Mm -hmm. you go visit your family, you go there, now they accept you, they they get along with, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, their their fear is over, okay? But the the point is, is that fear is a control factor, just as I was saying earlier in other things. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that there is a person in you that, wants to awaken. There is a person who is starving for greater knowledge and to serve a purpose as a white cell. It's it's something we just can't deny inside of ourselves. You will, will have a very hard time finding who that person really is because the people that you are around see you in a perception as to what ideally fits in their life. It makes sense. When you begin to change, you no longer are are uh, 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 something that belongs in your life. So they want to fix you. They want mm-hmm. you to be mentally arranged in a way that makes sense, that is predictable for them and understandable and relatable. Mm-hmm. And if you're bucking that system, you're going to have them buck back at you, the majority. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you leave and you go someplace that maybe people don't necessarily know you, but they, you know that they have a mutual interest. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's nobody saying, oh, come on, Nick, you're the partier. You're, you should be, you're the, the, the womanizer. You're the, you know, oh, come on, go get high with us. Oh, mm-hmm. knock it off. You know you want to get high. Come on, okay? Mm-hmm. You you now can can encourage and discover these other values in you, yeah. okay? And you don't have to feel like you have to be this way or that way because that's how people see you or that, that you're not yourself today Nick why are you not active because I'm inner fucking reflecting something Peppin said <laughs> what the fuck's Peppin what do you mean yeah. inner reflecting let's go out and go fucking do this or that get some beers right. so the, the point is is that by by going somewhere else it, you're cultivating the things that interest you mm-hmm. okay and when you go back home you feel almost in a way that you don't necessarily fit in anymore because you've changed now the family wants to talk to you like you're the young guy and, you know, hey, you know, why don't you go do this and that, blah, blah, blah. And you feel like in a sense they're talking down to you or they're, because they have not yet adjusted to, to this person you've become now. Mm-hmm. But the people who know you only know that person somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So you now have to decide, do I assert this new person I am and find a way without hurting my family's feelings to right. accept me or do I just, you know, have an all-out fight over this? I right. w- would would say don't have that fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no there's no need. So the, the the point is, is your friends come over and you're like, hey, what's up? You talk to them. You already probably have outgrown them in a lot of ways, or yeah. your 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 interests have outgrown in in different areas. So you can't relate to them. But come on, Nick, let's go get fucked up. You know, we're gonna go down and, and race the cars again and stuff. Remember how good you used to be and blah blah blah. And you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not into that. And I, Cut the bullshit. You think you're better than us now? Come on, come on. Now you feel a little obligated, okay? Right. Will you snap under that or will you will you have the strength to be like, you know what? I'm not interested, guys. Love you guys. Don't hate you guys. Mm-hmm. But I've got other stuff I need to do right now. Mm-hmm. But this is conformity. This is social conformity. This is is a bubble by which, and when you don't fit in that, you get the retract. Oh, you're, you think you're better than us or you mm-hmm. you you don't, you know, da-da-da-da-da. It's always a comparison like that. Right. So. Right. 
or a fear that you don't know who you are anymore. No, I know exactly who I am. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So then their fear is, oh, you've been brainwashed. Okay. You know, so, so when, when you look at things this way, it's just, you know, it is what it is, but Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't really find yourself. You know, this is what, what the mystics will say and gurus will say, you need to, until you you extract yourself, this is what they call a walkabout in 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 you know from from Australia with the Aborigines or in other cultures. There's in American Indians. It's there's similar stuff. Okay, it goes on and on and on. All forms of mysticism that you you've got to kind of go out and pursue the things you're interested in, and then fill yourself on it. And if you've had enough, you'll go back. If mm-hmm. if you want more, you go. If you want to go beyond where you were, you go. Okay, but if if you never take or have the courage to take that step. Then, then you will probably have regrets your whole life. There's something I heard the other day was, you don't really regret the things that you've done in in a sense that you tried to do, okay, yeah. things you go to, but you regret the things that you never did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so in essence, that's that's really the truth of it. And this is why I say, you know, you've got to start off how you escape from from prison, okay? Because that's what a lot of it people is, feel yeah. they're in. They know yeah. they're in, okay. Mm-hmm. And this is why they're all sly and clever and trying not, you know, this is what we, what, you know, yeah. is referred to as prison yeah. is that you, you first you got to smuggle information and in figure out where the hell you are. Cause you don't know the layout of the prison. You just right. know you need to get the hell out. And then, but you need a friend on the outside to kind of smuggle in the, the, you know, the cake with the saw and a, and a, and a blueprint map and being able to pick you up on the outside or something. So in, in essence, you know, you need to build a network or reach out to like-minded people and do it carefully because you got to make sure it's not one of the bad ones again out there. You know, mm-hmm. and and this is this is you, if nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would say it's not instant either, and I think sometimes maybe that the youth of expecting that okay, I've I've escaped from jail now. It's like everything's going to be much easier, and it's it's almost a, a challenge to kind of weed out what isn't you to figure out and what, what is, Mm -hmm. I guess, what is you. Right. But in the process of, I guess, if one sticks with it, it's, I guess you, you just, you realize what was really underneath that. Well, I mean, look at what you said. You just went back to your sister's wedding on the East coast. You visited with the family, you did everything. And what was the first thing you you said to me when, when, when you got back and we were talking? Uh, what, what did I say? Um, you were so glad to be home. It's nice to visit, you know, but, yeah, but yeah, you're, right. you know, the like, person yeah, who you are has changed days. so much. And right. Yeah. So after a couple of days, it was like, okay, I'm ready to go. You know, I'm ready right. to go back. Yeah. Because you, it was you, so you, unfamiliar. You, yes. When I think back on it, it's like, I, I see these things, all the, you know, the environments, right. the places that I would go, but there was like, there wasn't a part of me there anymore. Like right. it become so different. You've, you've grown as a person yeah. and you, you've, you, but are you happier? Hell yeah. Okay. Now, now some people <laughs> might say, well, anybody would say, no, there's plenty of times in life I've gone somewhere and doesn't and say, I am not happy here. Yeah. I need to get back to where I was. Mm-hmm. But I can assure you that the vast majority of people that I've ever met in Asia definitely are happier. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what it comes down to. Don't live to make other people happy. So you're miserable. Mm-hmm. You have to choose to be happy and pursue what makes you happy. And if they're unhappy about it, then they don't really love you. Mm-hmm. That's really the truth of it. That's a good point. They need to to if you live and spend the, your whole life making other people happy and you're unhappy, that is the saddest story. That is the most let down to God or the universe or anything. You 
should thrive to be happy and pursue what interests you. You can call it selfish all you want, okay? Don't be hurtful to somebody, but if you have to hurt their emotions to leave, they'll get over it, mm -hmm. okay? The point is, if they don't, if they're, if you're living to to not be happy and you're making other people happy, you're not living. You're you're suffocating. You, this is to me awful, and mm -hmm. this is what I say to to many people in relationships that that say, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you've got to live to make you happy. So this person, he'll be upset for a year and whatever. He'll meet somebody else. She'll meet somebody else. If, but if you're not happy, you have to pursue your own happiness. If your mom or dad is not happy about something, you have to pursue your own happiness. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they will be happy for you if they really love you. And they'll be like, you know what? We are so we were so scared for you, but we're so happy for you now. And I think that's what I you get now in your own life, yeah, how, how much agree. you went through with this. But, you know, it's it's also, you know, like I said, reaching out to, to, to me or to HBI, I think there's a lot of people out there who probably have gotten stuff under the slide, you know, <laughs> material. And maybe right. that's why they're afraid to pronounce themselves and put themselves out there. And my uh -huh. answer is... I don't want to know how you got material. Just tell me, oh, I got all this free material that you, yeah. you guys do put out, which right. we do, yeah. and that's all I fucking care about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'd rather have you support HBI, mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna ask questions if if you just are poor and broke and had to get what you could. I know mm -hmm. if you got the money, you'll, you'll buy the stuff because you know it's good, but mm -hmm. I think it's more important to me that you present yourself and you grow than to me, is about whether I made money from stuff you guys bought or not, okay? Mm -hmm. So I think if you can support it, you will. If you can't, I know that the, the, the knowledge is, you, know, you just gotta get what you get. And I think there's tons of free stuff out there. That's all I need to know about. Don't yeah. I don't need to know about the rest. Just present yourself, hey, that's that's it. No, I mean, I in, in speaking from my own story, I, I can say that I feel like I've, I've hit a point where I feel like it's like, I'm, I'm really happy with who I am and who I've, coming and what it, it wasn't an easy process and there was great moments along the way but it's like it's almost like a um a constant now it's like i i feel i don't i just feel good like it's like i i'm i'm projecting out i, I feel like a, a just a different presence i get i don't know how to pronounce it well you're getting confidence in yourself yeah. and you you gotten to know yourself and mm -hmm. you've you more confident with the teachings and you've done a lot of self-reflecting and i've mm -hmm. seen you go through a lot of stuff and yeah. i certainly put you through the the boot camp you yeah. know and everybody talks about the boot camp but they don't know exactly <laughs> what the boot camp is the boot camp is when i start picking you apart <laughs> and you have to really look at what i'm pointing yeah. out and yeah. usually you want to give me some lip or something you know but you, you're like ah oh, fuck he's the master you he's the teacher he's right. you know i yeah. gotta think about what he said but yeah. In the end, I stopped bitching because you've you've matured. You've, yeah. you've you know. <laughs> no, absolutely. But you know, um, mo most people can't can't you know do that with people because they they'll be like shut yeah. the fuck up. I, you know, I don't want to hear it. With yeah. me, if I say it, I think people listen, and hopefully, yeah. I'm I'm right. You know. But in in kind of just tying in the the whole kind of politically correct and you know having mm -hmm. an expectation of how one should talk to another or whatever. Yeah. It's it it definitely takes some getting used to because you're so honest. And you were not used to, I think, from from our like families and things like that. At least in my scenario, yeah. it's like you're kind of just brush things under the table, and, and you know, right. and if you do something oh, no, wrong, no, no, I can't, I can't overlooked. do that. I can't do so, that. So, <laughs> so, but I, but I know, as you, I think you said it earlier on, is um, sharpening the sword. You know, it's yeah. like even though it may be challenging or it's not what one expects, I would encourage people to reach out, and even though it might be challenging. Being in my position, having gone through the the boot camp, it's it's a much better 
yeah. place to be. Well, so I, I, I look at it like, like this is I see myself like the old angry spiritual teacher with the, the bamboo stick whacking sure. the students, you know, <laughs> but I don't have a bamboo stick. No, no I ever hit anybody. I don't know, but I'll, I'll do I it verbally. Boost, you know, the, the yeah. Well, that's what everybody sometimes. says. They'd rather have the stick whack them than what I have to say, you know, but, but, I feel like when I when I'm gonna whack somebody, it's what I say to them because you know I'm like blah blah blah, blah you know. Yeah. But I am a teacher. Yeah. I'm you 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 came to me to improve yourself, yeah. and you 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 respect me, and if you trust me, I hopefully will do you right, mm-hmm. and that's my absolute true intention. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you know, I'm, I'm I'm I don't stop teaching, unfortunately. After we leave the dojo per se, okay. <laughs> if we're at a restaurant and you do something stupid, what the fuck are you doing that for? And yeah. I'm going to call you out in front of everybody, and it's awful. I know it's awful, but I can't help it. I don't have a filter for that. And you know, if we're on a hike, or why are you doing this, or what are you doing now, or you're, you're doing something with somebody, and I'm like, why don't you just tell them the freaking truth instead of leading them on for for six months? Get on with your lives, you know. Mm-hmm. To me, that that you know will make you guys think at least if if you respect me and you're thinking about what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. you know. It's just like, you know, I, I, I think that like when I, when I get mad at you guys, you know, with the guys with, the, with their relationship with the girls and you guys are like, well, I'm going to break up with her, you know, or the girl says to me, I'm going to break up with him. And I'm, I'm like, OK, I'm like, well, well, you know, it's it's been a month now. And they're like, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This person can move on with their life. And in most cases, I'm like, this, this person's 30 years old or they're 28 years old. You can't let a year go by in some cases it's already been a year and you're already like i'm I'm over it i'm gonna move on blah 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 and i'm like let that person move on even though it hurts them let them move on mm-hmm. you know and you got to go through sometimes some pain to get to joy they'll meet somebody else but if you waste all their youth or their best years to have children or their whatever you're you're being selfish mm-hmm. if you already know you can move on or you got somebody on the side that's just insane mm-hmm. you know so to me, that's another practical kind of, uh, you know, like, like, come on, get it over with, do what you got to do, mm-hmm. you know? So in essence, um, that's not always practical for every situation. Other times I, yeah. I would suggest differently, but, you know, it, it comes out in many ways. Well, I think just in general, I think for one, you being verbal to us sharpens us. And I know that it, at times it was a shock to hear what I've had to, you know, hear, but I've, I know that I've grown from it and I know that I've benefited from it in my life in general. And it's given me confidence. It's given me, uh, just, you know, well, I can, I can say that had not things been presented by me pointing them out, they wouldn't have never you would be that. miserable for I a few agree. more years and eventually end up miserable. And we, you know, we know the conversation yeah. of, of what happened, but I, I think I've saved you years of yeah, misery. Okay. Yeah. And therefore you already can see that things are much more exciting now in mm-hmm. your life and you're happy, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know if that's always being psychic or being a guru or being a teacher as much as it's just age and wisdom. I mm-hmm. think though when you genuinely care about somebody, you want to say something. Mm-hmm. And when you don't say something and you 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 kind of have insight to stuff, you know, I, I guess you gotta weigh it all out. But you know, yeah. I'm I'm in a very fortunate position that I can be very honest. But mm-hmm. at the same token, it's the same thing I say to people who do one-on-ones with me. Look, it's a lot of money to pay me for a one-on-one, mm-hmm. and I ain't gonna hold your hand. I'm just gonna tell you, you're paying me for what I think. Whether mm-hmm. you agree or not, don't matter to me. You right. want my opinion, I'm gonna give it to you cold, straight up, whatever. You'd use it, but I'll always give you constructive advice and direction of of where you could take it. I don't think you just tell somebody something and just leave them hanging. What do you do with that? So 
in essence, I think that's true in my everyday life. Mm-hmm. In people that I meet, even if it's at a restaurant, telling the person, <laughs> I feel like I have an obligation to be honest about yeah. what my my thoughts or feelings are. Yeah, and it, it, I like hearing how you think because I, I mean, I I, I admire yeah. it as a, a student, and I yeah. see that it, um, you know, I guess what it does, and um, I know that I've learned just from observing you and and how you approach things, and I think uh, other people would. Well, I I think it, I I like to think it makes people better, better in Mm -hmm. business, better in life, better in negotiating relationships, better in everything. Because Mm -hmm. I think that most of the damage in society is, is because people do not communicate what they really feel or what they think. And then it gets to an ultimatum point that it never had to get to. Mm -hmm. I I would totally agree. And I think that's why I think this episode is very beneficial for people who especially don't have the haven't really exercised that that vocal aspect you know to yeah. to, to verbalize I, I i think that if we were going to bring this to a point i guess you know how does being vocal really work or complement one's spirituality Definitely. and some people would say oh that's very vexatious and not very spiritual with how i convey stuff and mm-hmm. my answer would be I need to to convey this because I ain't got time to drag it out for days, weeks, and months. Mm-hmm. I need to get to my spirituality. And this mm-hmm. is petty, rubbish, bullshit. And mm-hmm. I'm going to deal with it right now as abrasive as it may be mm-hmm. because it's all a fucking illusion. It, it's all wasting my time and wasting my energy. It's all dough. Mm-hmm. It's all about distracting me, derailing me, and it goes for anybody who else is spiritual. And the reason why I deal it head on is because I just wipe it right off. Boom. It's dealt with. It's done. Now I can get back to what's important, and that is me inner-reflecting, teaching true spirituality, finding my inner conscious, and not being subjective to this emotional roller coaster which derails me every single time for anybody spiritually that's really the point of it that's how i look at almost everything that's fantastic i'm definitely and this is why i'm the way times. that i am i this is why i believe yeah. i am that way i really yeah. see almost all of this other stuff is just petty nonsense wasting my time draining me just petty bullshit drama it's mm-hmm. really what it is and whether it comes down to my food being cooked it's still me being unhappy and emotionally because now i'm i'm, I'm pissed off because my food is ruined and i got now i gotta check out 30 40 bucks for this right. you know yeah and now i'm gonna carry that no way I'm, I'm gonna let's let's nip this in the butt now i'll have greater satisfaction of 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 returning that steak even though i have a fight with the cook or fight with that for 20 minutes and i make an epic scene okay mm-hmm. Than if I spend the next two three days pissed off that that I got screwed over on my steak, you know, right. and they 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 got the upper hand. Right. Thank you. I mean, yeah. Just thinking back on times when you know you let things sit there and makes your meditations, it just mucks it all up. I mean, it, it's such. It, it makes, I makes just like sense. getting yeah. issues out of the way. The mm. worst thing that you can do in a relationship with an argument <clears throat> or in life or business or whatever is to fester. Fester means you're sitting there in your head and you're letting it grind and grind and grind, okay? And you mm-hmm. always make it worse than what it is. It's like it's fermenting and from from sour to poisonous, okay? Mm-hmm. And I don't like to fester. I like it resolved. And even though some people may feel that, oh, I'm 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 angry now because I said this to them. No, I'm already over it. Yeah. I, literally, you've yeah. seen me do it's, this. It's quite awkward to be yeah. like be, you know, you, you 
you're told what you're told and you're called out and then like 10 minutes later it's yeah, like let's, oh, let's, let's go, go get pizza let's go get pizza let's let's go out for a hike or let's go you're do like, this, this and that. isn't normal no i don't think it's normal for for people but to me that's why because i i compartmentalize it's it's petty human yeah. shit yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if you dwell on it, your whole life is this storyboard of drama and that's yeah. your life. Yeah. And I have to deal with it because I deal with so many people and I teach so many people and then you got your everyday life. I don't have time for that. Yeah. I don't. And and people are afraid to come up with me with their bullshit. I'm glad. I'm fucking glad. Be afraid. You don't want to bring me your bullshit because I will call you out. Okay. Uh-huh. So it means that you're not bringing that drama to me. Yeah. And if you do, it better be really good, serious shit. Because I'm going to dissect it and I'm going to fix it. And then I'm going to send you on your way. That's what I do. Yeah. Very well. And I want to get back to meditating. I want to get back to teaching. I want to get back to to what's going on in my mind and my spirituality or or doing real stuff for people. Mm. Uh, Man, yeah, I think that's fantastic. Um, But this this goes back to me getting frustrated when, you know, people say in classes, I get mad and I yell at people. Yes, I do. Yeah. But if you dissect what's going on in that class, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to teach the most important stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, here I ask for bring me a cup of coffee, a glass of water, and an orange juice. If my sugar drops, I got orange juice. If I mm-hmm. need to, to wake up a little bit, I got coffee. If my throat gets dry because I'm talking, I got some water. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask. And every single time we're up on stage and I go to reach for that thing that I need or a glass of water from it, it's not there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, I'm like, I have to say something. Do I say, oh, go get me a glass of water now? How many times do I have to say that to the person understands? Look, you got, you got one job to do. Mm-hmm. One job. That's it. Okay? And so, yeah, I get like, but I feel like I'm speed commenting or whatever. And then what do I have to do? I have to switch my personality, get right back into teaching mode on a fly, okay, yeah. and put it out. But I'm I'm usually heated because I, I want to get it out, but I'm also in a higher state of consciousness. So it, mm-hmm. it really gets irky. <laughs> <laughs> what I like in kind of dissecting what you're saying about, you know, what's important to you is is um, I think honoring just um, the your own values and being okay with what you value versus what other people think you should should value. And I think yeah. – Look, kind of observing you, you know what you value, you know what you want, you you know, and you're very clear with it. Um, where I, I feel like sometimes that's not the case with with everybody. And I feel well, like- let me let you in. This is another one of these assumption things. Okay, sure. I'm not a hundred percent raw, raw, raw. Okay, right. I do care what you think. I do uh-huh. care what what other people think. I do care when I yell at a student or yell at somebody or if you guys want to call it. I do care how they feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, you know, if you didn't care, then you don't really love. Do you mm. see what I'm saying? So, yeah, it bothers me. Yes, I go through confliction. Yes, I, I sit there sometimes going, eh, maybe I should have said it a little differently. Maybe. But at the end of the day, you know, I know that it's for the greater good. You right. know, there's an old saying I would say it's cruel to be kind. I mean, parents do this with children all the time. Does it mean that you don't love them? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you 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 have to be tough to be kind, but inside it, it hurts you. I don't mm-hmm. like yelling at anybody. I don't like pointing out stuff. I don't like it when you hurt. It bothers me. It mm-hmm. truly does. Mm-hmm. But I know that it's something that you have to reflect on if you want to grow. And if I coddle everybody, I don't think there's going to be the kind of growth that that you I don't think in a year or three years from now you'll look back and go, my God, I've really changed. I really like the direction I've taken. Okay. I think you will be close to where you began. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that this is why we call it, you know, Pepin boot camp. Okay. It's because literally you're, you're, you've got me kind of like, I catch everything, you know, and then it gets a little better and a little better because you're, you're evolving very rapidly. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, shoot, what was I going to? Uh, my, I guess my question would be like I know it speeds us along, but like for for you who maybe didn't, I mean you didn't have you to mm. to do that. I mean, yeah, I did. I yelled at myself all the time. I'm my worst critic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so um, do you do you find it beneficial for one to be assertive with the, with themselves in certain ways, or when would be a good time to do that, or how did you approach it so maybe one can help also evolve them themselves? I don't necessarily, I don't think everybody just has it. I think yeah. you, you've got to learn that. Okay. You know, not that I, I'm trying to brag. It's because it's, it's I'm trying to convey yeah. information that, that would not be necessarily said, but I think that almost everybody who's ever been around me for a certain amount of time, will will say that that one thing they they got from being around me immediately was it developed a sense of assertiveness in them, mm-hmm. and a, a self awareness and an awareness of the environment they're in. Mm-hmm. Like there, people always say, "How is it that you're aware of all these things going on?" Because I'll, I'll point out this or that, and they'll be like, "I didn't even see that. Or I didn't even notice that." Or how slow people talk, or or, or the subjects <laughs> yeah. they talk about, you know. Yeah. And I'm aware of it all, and then they'll they'll say, you know that they started to become like me. They became aware of all these things like, 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 and it at first tired them out. And then after that, it just became normal. Like I always say, it just becomes, as your mind gets stronger, you, it becomes very simple. You don't think about it no more. Mm-hmm. But I think assertiveness comes from, you learn from the people you're around. I often say birds of a feather flock together. If you hang around dumb people, you will become dumb. If you hang around smart people, you become smart people. You hang around dumb people, they talk, let's go work at the gas station. Let's go do this now. All right. Okay. If you're around smart people, they're they're talking good business sense, good, good strategy. That you know, if you're around successful people, if you're so who you choose to to be around really dictates a portion of who you may become. And again, another reason why you have to go out of your comfort zone from from your home in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. If you want to grow spiritually, you're going to be around other people that are going to cultivate that in you. I think one of the things that I found interesting when I first moved out here was like I I thought I had a pretty good understanding of all the material. I think I, I did. But being around you, it's like even just ties that bind took on a whole new life and it yeah. gave me a whole new perspective. And I think that's yeah. kind of yeah. what maybe um, alludes to what you're kind of. But isn't that about. true in every sense of spiritual teachers, whether they be Kung Fu or monastery yeah. or spiritual, that as much as you think you know. And you're confident in that, that when you actually go to where that source of knowledge is emanating from, you really are kind of humbled and it mm-hmm. takes it to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't find that surprising. You mm-hmm. know, I think that it's good that one grows, but at some point you realize you need to get to that source because you know that something still was incomplete. You just don't realize right. how much that incompleteness really was. But had you never gone on that journey or never presented yourself okay you never would have been able to get to where you are or at least likely not 
I yes, I very unlikely that I would have yeah. ever gotten there. I always say, look at look at your friends when yeah. you leave a year yeah. from from now or two years. Go back and run into those same friends. If they were people that you study spirituality with and you got along really great, yeah. and then you came back two years later, watch where you're at and see where they at. You guys should yeah. be maybe about the same, but watch what the difference is. It's yeah. it's 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 life changingly shocking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I guess and and maybe. I guess wrapping it up in the next couple of minutes. Um, is there anything else that you kind of think that would be good to touch upon in this kind of find find your courage. Find listen, you if if you truly feel like you serve the force or you're you have a purpose as every white cell does, I cannot implore more that you you do not disappoint the universe that you find your inner strength and you you pronounce yourself make yourself known or get involved more with HBI but the longer you you put off this pursuit the longer you're putting off your your own happiness in your own life mm-hmm. that you have to accept the fact that in the pursuit of your own happiness you may disappoint other people but if they really love you then they'll they'll let you go and if you come back, you come back. If mm-hmm. if you don't, then then hopefully you made the right choice, and you they'll know somehow, or you let them know. But I I think that if you don't if you don't take those steps, even if they're just small increments, working your way up, as we were talking, I just think the saddest thing is a white cell who spends their whole life, and only when you're 40, 50 years old, do you start to find your voice. Well, hopefully there's time. Mm-hmm. And thank God all the materials out there because right. I, I yeah. know truly. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just such a sad thing that that you've got to fight for that liberation, and you've got to accept the fact that that may be a painful process. It may be a process that doesn't feel comfortable, but you just have to check with yourself: is it still what you want? And if mm-hmm. it is, you you have to conquer fear. And take a deep breath and take that step forward. <laughs> yeah. And you will discover all of the wonders that you had hoped for if, if you're brave enough. A lot of people ask us, where's the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the foundation meditation system. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. 
Follow us on Instagram at Higher Balance Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review so you can help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you'd like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.